0: I want you to put yourself in this situation. You've heard of a church in the next valley over, or wherever you are, in the next town over, who have just become Christians. They're, they don't really know what it is about doing church, they don't know what that means. And so you've decided to write them. An email you've decided to write them an email and you found their church website you found their details and you're going to write to this group of young Christians telling them what the marks are of the Christian life what marks out the Christian life you want to send them some encouragement you want to help them along maybe from years of experience I wonder what you would say maybe in your mind at the minute you're thinking of, a, of a, th- a few things and i've written a few down and i wonder if your email would include the same things maybe a great service to the church a dedication to prayer and reading the bible a humble spirit maybe being servant-hearted being hospitable teaching others, a strong faith, worshiping God. I wonder if any of those made your list. And you're probably thinking of a few others. Some of you might be thinking, well, I think I might need two emails to get all this in. But what would it include? What What would your email include? And some of you here are suited to the task. You've got decades of of christian service under your belt you've served god for decades for years and you are well suited for this task however some might be thinking oh i think i think i might i might i might be the one wanting to see that notification in my inbox i want to know what it what it means i want i want that encouragement from others so i wonder what you would say What would you say in that email if you were to send one? What encouragement would you pass on? What would you say marks out the Christian life? Well, this situation was exactly the one that Paul was in. Paul hears of this young church nearby, and he decides to send them a, a letter. He didn't have his email set up yet. He decided to send them a letter To encourage them to tell them to keep going and that is the letter that we we have in our Bibles today that's the letter to the Colossians this is what he he wrote to them and so I, I bet you're interested you're thinking oh well what did Paul say marks the Christian life what did Paul say the marks of the Christian life and if you know Paul if you've read his letters before you might be thinking, ah, oh, he's going to take chapter upon chapter to un- unravel this, this complicated, um, long kind of information about what it means to be a Christian. And I don't really understand it. But you're thinking, oh, well, thanks for your letter, Paul. Do you think that's what he does here? You might be interested to know, but it only takes two verses. It's only two verses that Paul... Says this is what marks out the Christian life. And that's what those two verses are what we're going to be focusing on today. Everything in his letter comes back to these two verses. Paul, if only the Colossians remembered one thing, it would be these two verses. That's what Paul would want. And these two verses, they were in our reading. I wonder if you've spotted them. They are verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7 of chapter 2. Paul says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanks given. So what was in Paul's letter? What did he say marks out the Christian life? Well, he says two things. The Christian life is marked out by two things. Receiving and walking in Christ. Paul says the Christian life is marked out by receiving and walking in Christ. So let's look at those two things. We're going to focus in on those two things this morning. Receiving and walking in Christ. So the first one, receiving Christ. That is the first thing that Paul mentions. The Christian life is about receiving Christ. And you you might be thinking, well, that's a bit obvious. We all know that. But many skip this part. Many go on to the, the second part straight away. Many think, well, I'll just do the walking. Ultimately, doing things ourselves, And in this situation, it'd be walking in Christ without first receiving him. And I wonder if we're tempted to do that sometimes. Sometimes we might be tempted to do good things. To read the Bible, to pray, to be hospitable, to come to church... And these are good things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these are bad things. These are good things. For if we think our standing before God is solely based on those good things, then we're mistaken. We might find ourselves on Judgment Day standing before God, finding that those good things were useless, because we didn't have Christ. We didn't receive Christ Walking in Christ without first receiving him is useless. Paul sees the two as inseparable. Because he doesn't simply say, just walk in the Lord. He says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. We are meant to walk in him in the same way that we received him our experience of first coming to Christ first receiving him is meant to mark out as as we go along as we walk in him it's meant to be together you can't separate the two when we became christians we received christ jesus the lord we received him And before we look at exactly what that means, let's just look at what the word received means, what that kind of, that tells us about it. Because if we receive something, we we take it from another, don't we? We don't add anything to it. Receiving doesn't mean adding on or helping out. When we received Christ, it's just we listen to the gospel message. And through faith we received him our works have nothing to do with it we simply received christ we don't add to it we don't take away from it we simply receive christ jesus the lord but receiving him means a little more and paul in this passage was hinting at a little bit more than that. He doesn't want them just to think, oh, receiving him, oh, that's when I put my faith in Jesus, that's when I trusted in him. Paul is saying there's more to it. Paul is saying that when we receive him, we receive the fullness of him, who he is completely. And Paul here is saying that the, the church here received him as The Christ the Messiah the one who was promised in the Old Testament the one that everybody was looking forward to the one that would come that is Jesus the Christ that's who they received they received him as Christ so that's one but second they also received Jesus as Jesus historical man who came God took on human nature he became man that's who they were receiving and we know the name of Jesus Joshua means the Lord is salvation so they received him they received Jesus as the one who was to bring about salvation So they received him as Christ, they received him as Jesus and they received him as Lord. They received him knowing that the person of Jesus was the Christ, that he was Lord. They came before him, they received him, they bowed down before him and they worshipped him as king, king of their lives. And they realigned all their lives to be pointing towards Him. So receiving Christ. What does it mean? Well, Paul is here saying that we receive Christ as Messiah, as Jesus, and as Lord. And it's the same with us. When we received Christ we received the same thing this teaching that has come down through the years we received the same we received him as Christ as Jesus and as Lord and it's the same message isn't it the same message that was preached by Paul the same message that we read in in this letter to the church is the same that is preached each week here It's the same message. It's the same gospel message. The same one that's preached here in Meisteg is the same one that was preached all the years ago to this young church in Colossae. The message is Christ Jesus the Lord. That is who we preach, and that is who we received. And I think at this moment, it might be, well, it's important, I think, if I ask the question Have you received Christ? Have you received Him? Have you put your trust in Him? Have you received Him as Christ, as Jesus, and as Lord? Maybe you've listened to the services here each week. Maybe you've come along and you're thinking, ah, oh, there's something t- true here. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but there's, there's something. I wonder if you've been here for a few weeks and you're still not quite sure. Well, I would urge you and I would say, come to him. Trust him. Receive Christ. Have you received christ is he the one who you follow is he lord in your life if you have put your trust in him over this these last few months over lockdown if you are listening online and you've been tuning in every week and you have put your trust in him then get in touch with us we'd love to to hear that we'd love to be encouraged by news of that and if you haven't yet put your trust in him then i'd urge you to do so I would say trust in Jesus so first thing the Paul says the Christian life is marked out by receiving Christ and the second thing that Paul says here is the Christian life is marked out by walking in the Lord Paul says the Christian life is marked out by walking in in the Lord. And Paul knows this. He knows that the church here has put their faith in Christ. He knows that they have, they have received him. And this is why he's writing the letter. If you go to the start of the, of the letter, if you flick back, you can see that Paul is saying, I've heard of your faith. I've heard of all the good things. I've heard that my friend has spoken to you, and he has told you this gospel message, and that you have received him. And so Paul is writing this letter as an encouragement to say, "I know you've received him, so now walk in him." He has heard of their faith, and now he wants to encourage them to go on, to go on in Christ. And so, go back to the verses six and seven. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Notice the link between the two. You've received Christ, so now walk in him. These are the marks of the Christian life, receiving and walking in Christ. And you can't have one without the other. You can't have the walk on its own without Receive in Christ because if we do we've seen that it comes to nothing and we can't simply receive Christ without walking in him it's exactly the same our faith should and it must produce works good works and fruit our receiving Christ must lead us to walking in him. If it doesn't, and we don't see any good works at all, no walking in Christ, then we would question, wouldn't we, the, the faith, that the, the, what has been put in Christ. Has that person really received Christ if they are not walking in him? The two must go together. They can't be separated. You have to have You have to receive Christ, and you have to walk in Christ. This is what Paul is saying. The two go together. These are the marks of the Christian life. And so Paul, in writing this letter, is calling them to walk. He's saying, you've received Christ, so walk in Him. Know who you are. You are in Christ, so live that out. Walk in Him. He's calling them to an onward motion, isn't he? He's calling them to go on, get going. You almost can hear it in his voice, going, let's go, let's do it, let's walk it out, let's walk in Christ. I wonder if you remember riding a bike. When you're on a bike and you're going at a good pace, a good speed. You can just go. Some people even do the tricks and go one-handed and no-handed. I never did that. But if you go in at a pace on a bike, you just keep going, don't you? You You don't fall off normally when you go at a speed. When a child just first rides a bike, they're almost too afraid to go fast. Because they think, oh, if I go far, I'm going to fall off. But really, it's the speed that helps. If you keep going, then that's when you are safe. Because it's only when you start to slow down that you start to wobble. And I wonder if you've ever seen somebody at a traffic lights. You're in your car, you're there at the lights, and you see somebody on a bike. If you've stopped on a bike, it's impossible really to stay on without falling and this is what Paul is saying here he's saying keep going keep walking because if you keep going that's when you see a benefit you see the blessings he's saying go because if we we're not going if we slow down or if we stop completely then the danger comes I suppose there is a small encouragement there isn't there because you might be thinking well I'm not going fast I I see what you're saying but I'm not going fast my life seems that I'm coming to that traffic light I'm I'm stopping I'm starting to feel the bike go a little here but the encouragement is that that's still going even if you 're going really slow, even if your walk seems to be in your eyes useless, just keep going, just keep as they say plodding on, and there is, there is good in that we can we can be encouraged by that. The report is saying, keep going don 't stop, even if you 're wobbling a little, just keep going, keep walking in. Christ. Keep going. We need to have this continuous walk. The Christian life isn't a life of stops and starts. It's a continuous walk forward. But maybe you feel like, I think I've stopped. I feel like I've stopped. And you might be, you might have been a Christian for years but you need that reminder of what it means to walk in the lord and maybe you're a new christian maybe you've just tuned in over the last few weeks and months and maybe you're thinking well what does it mean to walk in the lord i've i know i've received christ i know i've put my trust in him I know that Jesus is the one who rescues me from sin, I need encouragement. I need to know what it means to walk in the Lord. And simply put, walking in the Lord means living with Jesus as King. Is Jesus King of your life? Do we follow his commands? That's what walking in the Lord is. Do we listen to his voice do we read the bible do we listen to what god is telling us are we walking in the lord walking in the lord means changing direction from the darkness that we were once in and what tempts us have we changed direction are we walking in the lord towards god now has our outlook on life changed this is what walking in the, God, in the Lord means. He means change in direction. Walking to him. With him as king of our lives. And that, it's the same gospel, isn't it? The gospel that we first received, the Christ who we first received, that's the one who we walk in. That's the the connection that Paul is saying. We have to have one with the other. As we received him, we walk in him. So what does walking in Christ mean? It just simply means living with Christ as king. In other words, the gospel is at the start and is there forever. Christ is the start Is there in the middle in our lives and he's there forevermore? Christ is Lord, He is King. That's what it means to walk in Him. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So again, I asked the question earlier have you have you received Christ? Well, my my question to you now is are you walking in, in Him? You've received Christ, but are you walking in Him? Are you on that bike, going fast, sturdy, going in the right direction? Are you following His commands? Are you walking in the Lord? But Paul isn't finished here. He said these are the two things. These are what marks out the Christian life, receiving Christ and walking in Him, But then he goes on, doesn't he, in verse 7. He says a little bit more. If we have a look, he says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So he calls us to walk in him in the same way that we received him But then he goes on to give us some characteristics of the Christian life. Characteristics of the person who is walking in the Lord. So let's take a look at what Paul says. The first one, the first characteristic of the person who is walking in the Lord is that they are rooted. The person who is walking in the Lord is rooted, they have a firm foundation. And what is that foundation well it's christ they've received christ they are in him they are secure their roots are firm they are on a firm foundation i wonder if uh, some of you like gardening you know a good set of roots is important isn't it with no roots there's no tree there's no bush there's no fruit the roots are important having a solid foundation having a solid root system is key because it's a source of nourishment isn't it the roots are there and they soak up all the nourishment that's the same in Christ Christ is is the firm foundation the christian is rooted in him we have a, a firm source a source of great, great encouragement, of nutrient. And where I wonder where your roots are. How are your roots, do you think? Are they strong? Are they rooted in Christ? Because roots grow in good soil. And it's only from good roots that we have tree we have life that we have these trees that we can come under and seek shade and comfort and fruit I wonder if you are rooted in the Lord the Christian is rooted in Christ and it's a one-time thing isn't it it doesn't say as you continue to be rooted in Christ It's a one time. They are rooted. You are rooted. If you are trusting in Christ, you are in him. You are secure. Your foundation has been laid. You are in safe ground. And Paul goes on, doesn't he? He says, the Christian is rooted, but he's also built up. The second characteristic of the Christian, the second characteristic of the Christian's walk is that they are built up. And rooted and built up a similar. You build upon something that is sturdy. You build upon solid ground. you build upon firm foundations. You build upon solid roots. And Paul, here, he's right into this young church, isn't he? And he's saying to them, "As you walk in Christ, you are rooted." You are being built up. As you walk in Christ, you are being built up. And that is an encouragement, doesn't it? We're not the final product. We haven't reached glory yet. We haven't reached heaven where we will have a changed body. But now, as we walk in Christ, we are being built up. It's ongoing. There's a big sign over you saying under construction God is working in you you are under construction because this tempting isn't it as Christians to look around others and think "Ah, oh, I'm not as good as them I'm not like them I'm not like so-and-so but the truth is we're all under construction we're all the same you think to a build-in site, you've you probably driven past loads of new housing schemes. And some houses have only got foundations, some have maybe halfway, some have nearly, f- well, they haven't got their roof yet. No, none have finished. We will all be finished, but at the minute we're under construction. As we walk in Christ, we are under construction. We are built up. We need to remember that our walk is not complete until Christ returns, and in the meantime, we are under construction. But we're under construction to a plan. Sometimes you drive past a house on the side of the road that has been started being built, and then years have gone past, and it's still in the same position. And you, you look at it and you think, well, it's actually starting to fall down. It's, it's, it's gone back. It's going back to the ground now. You think, oh, there's no plan there. Nobody's working there. There's no, there's no workman building this thing up. If anything, it's going, it's crumbling. That's not the same with us. We are being built up, and there is a plan. God has a plan to, to bring us to glory and sometimes the building site looks like a right mess. There's stuff everywhere. We're doing some work to our house at the minute. And it's it's a mess. And you look around and you think, oh, I don't know what's going on here. I, I can't see the finished line. I can't see any good that's happening. There's walls down. There's leaking pipes. There's holes where they shouldn't be. You think oh, is there a plan do we have a plan or are we just going backwards there is a plan for us our life as we walk in Christ isn't like that there's always workmen on the site there's always being we're always being built up we're always being made more into the likeness of Christ As we go on in life, as we walk in the Lord, we are under construction. We are working to a plan. So rooted and built up. You can't be built up unless you're rooted, unless you're on firm ground. Paul uses these two terms to remind them of a firm foundation of work going on that they are being built up. But he says a third one, established. So we rooted, built up, and established as we walk in the Christian life. As we walk in the Lord, we are established. Our faith strengthens us even more. We're, we're established and strengthened. The more we go on, the more we walk, the more we have faith and we read the Bible, the more we know Christ and we, we meditate on Him, the more we are established. The more we are grown, the more we are strengthened. Paul says that the Christian walking in the Lord, there is an esta- the person who walks in the Lord is established, rooted built up and established now he might be at this point thinking well that doesn't sound like me I don't sound like I'm being built up I yes I know we are rooted in him but my life feels like that house on the side of the road the one that hasn't seen workmen in years And is starting to crumble and fall to the ground. You might think, "Well, I don't even think I know. I have the strength to carry on, the strength to keep going." Well, the truth is, these first these first three things, being rooted, being built up, and being established, is nothing to do with us. They're not works from ourselves. Paul here is, he he writes in the passive voice. He's saying that these works are works of God. God is doing these things in you. God has rooted you up. God has rooted you. God is, is building you up. And God is establishing you. So if we're thinking, I don't think I can do it, it's not us anyway. It's God who is working in us. God is doing these three things. And this, isn't it, where we marvel at God? Where we look at Him and think, that's amazing. Even in our weakness, you are working. Even when we think we are useless and falling to the ground, you are building us up. We marvel at his mercy and grace. Although we are sinners, God has rooted us in Christ. And he continues to build us up, establishing us in him. It's all a work of God. It is him bringing it all about. Our salvation and our walk that follows is all from God. It's all because of his grace. And it's when we recognize that, when we see what God is doing, that's when the final characteristic comes to show Because the final characteristic that Paul says of the person who is walking in the Lord is that they are overflowing. They are overflowing. Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving the fourth characteristic of the Christian, that they are overflowing with thanksgiving. As we see everything that God does in our life, the mercy that he has shown us, even when we still sin, the promise of forgiveness, these actions by God should lead our heart to thanksgiving. They should lead our heart to overflow because if we are overflowing there's nothing there's no room for anything else really is there if we are overflowing with thankfulness to God then there's no room to be distracted there's no room to be taken by false messages false Gospels there's no room because we are overflowing with thankfulness to God. Sometimes, though, we might be overflowing with some other things. We might be frustrated in our walk. We might be frustrated. We might feel, well, there is no thanksgiving overflowing from me. But it's in these situations that we need to look are our foundation to look who we are rooted in and we are rooted in Christ we need to remember that we need to remember that God has rooted us that he is building us up and he is establishing us we need to remember those things and soon we'll start to, to bubble up and that will just bring us to a Thanksgiving that overflows And we can pray that God would help us in that. We can ask him to to show us, to remind us daily of all that he has done in Christ. So that's Paul's response. That's Paul's email, his letter to this young church in the faith. This is his encouragement. He's calling them to walk in the Lord. He's saying, remember what you have received and walk in Him. And it is through God's work that we have this letter today in the Bible. This is God's Word. He has brought it to us and we are able to read it. And so Paul's words here, Paul's encouragement to this church is to us too. The Spirit encourages us as we read this. And so Paul is encouraging us, he's saying, Receive Christ and walk in him. And if you have received Christ, then walk in him. Go. So it's a challenge to us. I wonder, are you walking in the Lord? Is this something that you are are doing? Are you heading in the right direction? Do you have that momentum? But I also wonder, have you received him? Have you received Christ, the Saviour, the one who was promised, the one who has come to bring about salvation? Are you trusting in him? Uh, How are you trusting in him? Have you received Christ? I urge you this morning, if you haven't, to receive him, to trust in him, to put your faith in Christ. And I pray that those who haven't done so would do that today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this letter. We thank you for the encouragement that it brings. And I pray that you would help us Uh, as we read it, to see the encouragement, to help us to to walk in the Lord. And I pray that it would be um, a challenge to those who haven't trusted in Christ, who haven't received him. Father, would you by your spirit be at work in their lives, bringing them to Jesus, changing their hearts and their desires, and bringing them to him. Father, help us this week as we go out Pray that this message would help us each day as we walk in the Lord. Amen.